Welcome to Colorado Prep Sports All Access, your go-to weekly podcast dedicated to Colorado high school sports. And now your hosts, Scott Horman and Phil Santucci. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Horman, Phil Santucci here in beautiful Arizona on Colorado Prep All Access. It's our ninth podcast, Phil. We are excited. We had a great week so far out here in Arizona. Yes, we did indeed. Good to see you, Scott. We've been, uh, not good to see you, good to keep seeing you. We've been shacked up all week together down here in Arizona for uh, a really fun week of good baseball uh, coverage for the high school sports show. Uh, It's kind of what brought us down here. And then uh, lucky enough, we get to go to opening day tonight for the Colorado Rockies versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, Did a lot of fun stuff this week. Went and watched a lot of the Colorado high school baseball teams that came down here that are playing in the uh, the Pride Classic this week. And we were also here last week um, with the show. For the Coach Bob. Yep, for the Coach Bob Invitational. And uh, got a really cool interview that you guys will hear in a little bit with the uh, the coaching staff from Colorado Academy, uh, head coach J.T. Putt and his assistants, Rob Herman and Scott Payne. Um, And those folks also um, run and manage Catalyst Sports. Um, up in the golden neck of the woods, um, similar you know baseball program, facility, training, the whole nine yards. So that'll be uh, just around the corner here. But, uh, Scott, let's talk um, a little high school baseball just because that's really what's going on, what's brought us down here to Arizona and what's uh, kept us busy all week. I know we've been streaming a lot of good baseball games as well on prepspotlight.tv. Um, that has been really fun, but uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the week so far, the last couple of weeks, I guess, with all these Arizona tournaments. Well, yeah, and and this is my first time coming down as a as just kind of a spectator and mm-hmm. um, reporter, and and on the other side of the fence, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, been coming down for years as a coach. Uh, what these high school coaches do is they bring their kids out here, they stay in a hotel, they eat together, they. They, you know, four in a room, they're, they're close quarters. Yeah. They get to know each other, and especially in Colorado where the weather's not great, you're guaranteed to come out here and play four games. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and get four games in, and a lot of teams will get a couple practices in, whether it's at uh, Mesa Community College or <clears throat> at, if they're lucky enough to get on one of the facilities. But what a great uh, week we've had just being here, um, kind of driving around the Phoenix area, and watching high school baseball. Yeah, yep. It's been everything has been awesome about this week. Other than the, I didn't know the traffic was this bad in Phoenix. I don't recall it being so bad, but that's fun. We've been dealing with that. It's made our car well, rides very exciting. Well, yeah, your dad has made it a point to say we have to leave an hour and fifteen to an hour and twenty minutes early every time we go somewhere. Whether <laughs> it's, it's almost true, whether it's right down the street or um, almost true, it is almost true. It, it it has gotten bad, and I mean a lot of snowbirds come here. During the winter, you know, and and get out of the get out of the winter month, you know, winter months. They get spring training. Yeah, um, but it is a busy, t- like you said, it's a busy, busy time down here with all the spring training going on, <laughs> and then you throw in teams from Oregon, Colorado, you know, really all across the country come and play in these high school tournaments. So Phoenix turns into a very popular spot. Not to mention all the golfers too. So it's it's crazy down here. It's fun. Well, it, it's exactly what you should do as a high school coach. You should definitely bring a team out here and and. Get your time in and get your practice in, because if you're in Colorado this week, yeah, you're not doing anything except for indoor hitting right now. Yeah, it's tough. And um, like Scott mentioned, some teams actually come down here and don't even play in some of the tournaments. They just come down here. Cherry Creek does that. Couple schools do that. They come down and just spend the week just to get quality, you know, inner squads, quality reps with each other in nice environments outside on nice fields. Well, and you still get that. We're going to be together. We're going to hang out. We're going to be part of this, and. spend some time together as a group, and, and that's what really brings your team together. Because remember, next week, after next week, um, Continental League start play, they start playing each other, and every single time you step on the field, you better be ready to play. So, you know, th- that's an important time and an important part of the growing process for each team. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I like, too, is you're not playing the same old teams. You know, you're playing – you kind of get that summer feel where you're playing a team from – from Oregon, or you yeah. played a team from Can, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, Washington, Oregon, Washington, Ar- you know, wherever. I mean, a lot. It just kind of they have two weeks of tournaments down here, and you're playing teams. If you're playing an Arizona team, you're playing a team that's played 14, 15 games. Yep. Yeah, it's true. So you're playing experienced teams, and and uh, I, I just loved coming here and as a coach. And but I will tell you this: it is a lot more fun to just sit here and not have to worry about. 
18. I can imagine. Yeah. 18 kids, <laughs> where they're going, who wants coach. to eat now, who wants to eat later. You know, we got a phone call last night as we were driving in the car. You know, they get a little claustrophobic in that hotel room. They're ready to go somewhere and do something and without coaches, you know, telling them where they have to be and what they have to But that's what college is like. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good preparation. I think that's the best thing that you said before we move on is it's a great um, sneak peek into what a college baseball team's oh. road trip is like and rooming with guys and, and still being responsible on the road and getting ready to go play baseball and all that good having, stuff. It helps a lot. Having to be a certain place at a certain time, mm-hmm. you, you know, you uh, it, it's important to learn those, oh, yeah. those things, especially if you're going to go play. Because that's a, that's a big part of it, the next level is just that accountability and being ready to go in different venues and all that kind of stuff. So uh, moving along, on the, on the 26th of this week, they came out with the, uh, the updated baseball polls um, for each class. So, um, you know, 5A saw a little bit of a mix-up. It's still a lot of the teams that were there kind of early on in the season, just the, you're the top talking 10 the, is You're moved. talking the Chassa. Yes, the Chassa now <clears throat> ranking. So, so this, is, this is voted on by the coaches. So each week on a Sunday – um, Chassa will send out the poll. The coaches actually vote on it, and um, that's you know it's a good it's a good barometer of what the of, of what the coaches think, right? You know, and for the Chassa polls right now, at number one, Mountain Vista is your your new number one, and that's a pretty unanimous selection. Um, it seems by most of the coaches, it's their four and zero. They've looked really impressive. They beat some really good teams as well. Um, then you got Pine Creek coming in at number two, who we saw on one of our live streams. Yeah. And, you know, their pitching staff with Cornelio is a, a big reason. And they've got their big first baseman uh, who's heading to Kentucky that's been having a good year. Olsen. Olsen. He's been having a good year offensively and on the mound, kind of backing up uh, Cornelio late in games. And then uh, you got Cherry Creek there at three, Rocky Mountain at four, um, who I know has kind of had a, a difficult road trip out in California this week, but I'm sure they're playing some really, really good competitions. So, um, Cool to see them. Chaparral jumped up there. They're in number five now in the Chassa Now poll. Uh, Regis, then Legend, then Mountain Range. Heritage up at number nine, which is good to see. We saw them last Friday, and they looked really strong, especially when Egloff is yes. on the bump. They're going to be really hard to beat. And then uh, Broomfield climbed into the top ten, so that's cool. Um, those are your 5A guys. Scott, any kind of commentary or thoughts? Well, on, Mountain on Vista, to me, they have they have six Division One players. Coach Quintana um, – he always has them ready to play. They, they, the strength and conditioning that they do, I know, is is huge. But um, Lifrig is a nice, really nice left-handed pitcher that um, anytime he's on the mound, you have a real good opportunity to win. Um, Mountain Vista, I, I'm a little surprised. Um, you know, Rocky Mountain is, like you said, having a having a little bit of a hard time in, in California. But, again, you're talking about teams that have played 15 games already, and you're playing game three. Exactly, and I know that they're playing some some upper echelon teams out there, just knowing their coach and what they want to try and get done for when they get back here into Colorado. I, and that's the other thing with a lot of these spring break tournaments, uh, you'll see a lot more you know pitching changes earlier in games, more kids yeah. getting the bats here and there because it is still a spring break tournament and trip where these guys are trying to you know learn a little bit more about their players and get them ready for the you know the rest of the season back home, which are the you know the conference games and the games that help you get into the playoffs. So it's a lot of learning and. I know a lot of these coaches are scheduling some tougher teams on purpose um, and not worrying too much about the results, I guess you would say. Well, exactly. They don't, you know, I, I remember early on, I never worried about the first nine games. I didn't worry about where we were, you know, shoot, one year we were three and six. We ended up going to the Elite Eight that year. So those things don't really matter as much as getting yourself in a position to when you are in a, in a, uh, league game later in the year you've got a kid that's ready we saw it in the rock canyon game they brought in a pitcher in the fifth inning against pine creek where if they kept their their if they kept their starter in probably would have been a a little bit closer game game, yeah but they got this kid some experience against a good team so that down the road we really like that i i really like that move and and uh you know, been there and have done that many times. So sure, um, it makes sense totally. You know, I think I think the big thing in the five A is I think it's all way too early to decide who, you know, who's number one, who's number, but you but you know the Mountain Vistas, you know the you know you know the the, the <clears throat> excuse me the Cherry Creeks, the um, Rocky Mountains, the Heritage, the Columbine. Columbine's five and one right now after a three and zero. Oh, trip to in to Kansas which is 
which is not something that you see um, very often from from a Colorado team going to Kansas. But this is their second straight year wow. going to Kansas, and they're they're five and one. They've won five straight after losing to Chaparral um, right off the bat. And then you got uh, one other kind of surprise, I guess you would say, in five A's Legends at two and three right now. Um, so I, you know they were here last week in Arizona, and I know they were playing some uh, tougher teams as well, but with the, I know that they have a lot of expectations over there at Legend, and obviously, I mean, they're still sitting at the seventh-ranked team in the state. So well, yeah, I, obviously the coaches know what they can do, but Legend is a team, we we saw them against Creek, um, really liked them, and really feel like they're a team that's going to be there in the end. You know, and it all it all comes down to, to who they're playing when, um, and, and like you said, I guarantee you they gave... They've lost to Red Mountain. Um, they lost to Liberty out here in in Arizona, and they lost to Mountain View out here. Mountain View is a very good team here in Arizona. Yeah, so is Red Mountain. I remember them from my my days down here. So so Saturday they go up against Grandview, who is is really good, and that's going to be an interesting interesting matchup there as well um, between those two teams because Grandview right now. They they're they're looking very good and and that's another team that I believe will be there in the end for sure. Um, let's move on just real fast to four A. Um, polls haven't changed as much in the four A class. Valor Christian still sitting at number one. Um, Coach Bonds guys over there are off to a pretty good start to this season um, as usual. And then you got Pueblo West again. These are the Chassa polls. Pueblo West at number two. Evergreen at three. Uh, wins are coming in at four right now. Then Lewis Palmer at six and zero, oh, uh, sitting in the fifth. They've played a decent amount of games. Mead, Holy Family, Air Academy eight, Longmont nine, and then Palmer Ridge is bringing up uh, the tenth spot there for um, the four A class. Is Evergreen in there? Yep, Evergreen was the third ranked team. They're at five and zero oh right now, so still sitting on a perfect season, nice. which is awesome. Well, so. they're both. Uh, you know, this th- that came out. What day did that come out? This came out on the twenty sixth. So since then, just so uh, Lewis Palmer has lost a game, and Evergreen has both lost a game. I think both of them were down here. I think both of them lost down here in Arizona, if, if I'm not mistaken. Which is which is always good because you come out here and you and you uh, actually no. Listen to this one. Lewis Palmer lost to Pueblo West eleven to three. Oh. <laughs> And Pueblo West is your number two team, yeah. so there you go. That's but that's a good loss. It still helps you with your RPI, which is coming out this coming week. Yep. So you know it's it's good baseball. I, I will tell you this. I think you and I talked talked about this a little bit on one of our shows, but <clears throat> those top five or six four A teams, those teams are really really good baseball teams, and will end up could end up beating some of those 5A teams. Oh, absolutely. You know, I it, saw a lot of Valor games last year yeah. just watching them play. They definitely could have hung. Most, of, like you said, those top five guys can definitely hang in 5A. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the uh, Valors, the Pueblo West, the Lewis Palmers, the Palmer Ridges, all those teams have a pitcher or two, but mostly just one pitcher that yeah. can definitely hang in, in those, in those uh, 5A games, which is really cool. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I'll round out the, uh, the the classes here real quick with about the top three from each. Uh, in 3A, Lamar is off to a great start, 7-1. They're sitting at number one, followed by La Junta. And then Colorado Academy uh, is your third-ranked team in 3A. They're at 4-0, which is cool to see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk with that coaching staff here a little bit later in the show, but they're off to a, a phenomenal start in the 3A division. Um, and then I guess worth noting there, Kent Denver's up in the uh, the tenth spot in three A. They're three and zero as well. But that's CA's big rival. They've got a couple big games coming up against each other there. So we could expect some uh, some shifting around there in three A. Um, for two A, your top three you got Pay- uh, Payonia, excuse me, uh, Peyton and Hotchkiss. Not as many games on the uh, so ho- the well, those, for these guys well Hotchkiss yet. is five hours up basically up the mountain. Right. So they're not playing many games right now. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. So a lot of those small, obviously some of the smaller schools are in some of those smaller cities that are kind of closer to the mountains or closer to some of that bad weather. So it's a little bit difficult. But um, in 1A, you got Holly at 1, Fleming at 2, and Otis is your third ranked team in the state uh, with a 5-0 and record. So um, that rounds out the, the current baseball rankings as far as Chassa. Again, those are all coaches' uh, polls, essentially. Let, so we like, to, we like to look at those ones. Let me mention a team right now that, that I don't think, at, again, people are really giving them 
the what they deserve, and it's in five A, but it, it it's Chatfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they are five and one, uh, and, and they lost their first game of the year to Cherokee Trail. <clears throat> you have a new coach over over at Chatfield, Daniel Medina, who who I am very fond of and believe is is uh, teaches kids the right way, and had a great conversation with him. He was talking about kids buying in, and I think it's easy for kids to buy in when you're selling the right thing. Yeah, of course. And, and Daniel is a tremendous guy, cares about his players, knows the game of baseball, wants them to act a certain way. And what's happened over there is obviously they have one phenomenal pitcher in Casey Koppelma, um, who's going to the University of San Francisco. But even when he's not pitching, they're doing the job yeah. and getting things done. Yep. They, they believe every time they step on the field, they beat a good heritage team on Saturday, four to nothing in Koppelma, Depending on who you talk to, he either threw a no hitter or he threw a one hitter. Mm. It just kind of depends on I which know what you mean, yeah. which, which team you talk to. But <clears throat> Koppelma to me is is that guy that can take them to that. You know, they're 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 five and one right now, and and, and they're not mentioned really in many polls. But on Saturday, they took down a, a an undefeated Heritage team that had just come off a big win against Arapaho, and. You know, Heritage is five and one. Also, yeah, I think once the RPI and the new polls come out, we'll probably see Chatfield climb to that top ten for sure. Well, I would think I would think they'd have to, but but Chatfield is a team. If you get a chance to go watch them, they're they're they are a ton of fun to watch and to and to be. They beat North Medford down here. Um, actually, Chatfield is five and two. I, I take that back. But they play Mountain Vista on Monday, April second. That is going to be a really good game because I guarantee you, Coppola's going to throw. Yep. Liffrig's going to throw. Yep. It could be a 2 to 1, 3 yeah. to 2 ball game. Well, that'll tell them real quick if they're uh, a legit they're for contender real. real fast. Yeah. So, that's that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, if you're out in the in the region, go check that game out without a doubt. So, um Scott, let's talk a little um of the other spring sports that are going on in Colorado high school uh sports right now. We've got boys lacrosse, we got girls lacrosse going on. Um also girls soccer. So, we'll we'll touch on boys lacrosse here. It's very um, you know, it's pretty similar from year to year with who our, you know, top lacrosse teams are going to be in the state. Regis is number one right now, followed by Cherry Creek, and those are your <laughs> Didn't two. Didn't they just play each other, too? They played each other last year in the state championship well, they just, game. They, just, they just, played just played each other each this other. week. Yeah, yeah. And I think Regis won by Regis won. one or two. Yep, Regis won. And then you got Columbine um, at three, who's kind of an upstart lacrosse program in the state. Um, we did a really cool feature on their program last year for the show, and um, they're definitely kind of rising up big time. It, obviously, it's showing they're the third-ranked team in the state right now. And then you got Kent Denver at four, um, Arapahoe, who's a very you know Always long-time good. lacrosse good. program. They've got a great coach over there. Um, then you got Mountain Vista, Rock Canyon, Colorado Academy at eight, who's a very big. Uh, I learned this from the Colorado Academy baseball coaches last week. Uh, CA is a lacrosse school, <laughs> big time. So uh, they're at the uh, eighth-ranked position right now, followed by Lakewood and then Highland Ranch. Um, is your 10th uh, place team right now in boys lacrosse, which is continuing to grow. It's very cool. This used to just be one division for lacrosse a few years ago, and now we've got even a 4A class, which is cool to see. So uh, real quick, Dawson's your number one team in 4A. Cheyenne Mountain's number two. Evergreen is number three. Um, some other names worth mentioning. you got Valor Christian there sitting at five. Uh, Ponderosa, who we're going to see in this week's prep spotlight show. They're undefeated. They're at the eighth spot. And then uh, cool to always see a mountain school in there. Steamboat Springs is the ninth-ranked team in 4A for lacrosse. So um, very cool to see that. Lacrosse has so, uh, had a struggle this week with just getting games in. Well, yeah. The weather's and, been so bad. And so this, you know, obviously most people know <clears throat> I am a baseball, basketball, football guy. That's who I am. That's what I, 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 I love and what I grew up playing and – but lacrosse in our state has become a phenomenal sport. Yeah. And has become a true um, Colorado kind of sport. It has. Um, it really has. Like when you talk to. It's very big here. Like in Ohio, lacrosse is not a big thing. Right. You know, but when you talk to people, they go, oh, you're from Colorado. Lacrosse is, lacrosse is huge out there, isn't it? And, and I'm like, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know much about it. But, yeah, it is like kids are starting to pick it up at a younger and younger age. And here's my, here's my thing with it. You're a baseball player. And, you know, you go play t-ball. And you sit out in the outfield and you start picking the daisy. You know, we yeah. all did it at, yeah. at, at, at age six and five. And, or you could put a stick in your kid's hand and they can run around and they can burn off energy. Yeah. 
what are you going to do as a parent? Yeah, lacrosse seems like it. I mean, it's actually it's happened too. I remember um, not to date myself, but back when I was in high school in 2000 through 2004, um, it, lacrosse was a completely different scene. But it, you could already tell it was starting to grow. It was, you know, you had Cherry Creek, Denver East, Kent, Denver. There's probably like five or six schools that even had a lacrosse program. Um, but just you know, seeing it grow from there to where we are now and having over. I think over 30 schools have oh. lacrosse programs. It's probably more than even 30 schools have lacrosse programs. And there is stats out there. It's the fastest growing sport in North America. Used to be soccer, but now it is uh, lacrosse. So I think you're right there, though. It's it's something that kids are getting into at a much younger age. And obviously with any sport, if you start it younger, you're just going to keep you know continue to grow into it and get a little bit better as years go on. Well, yeah. And again, you think about these parents, and I beg parents, please, Baseball, please, because that's I, I love you know I love my sport, <clears throat> but if I've got a little kid that needs to burn off energy, that's what I'm putting them in, man. Yep. Soccer, lacrosse, those are the sports, and that's why they are becoming so popular. Absolutely, and I think that's that goes with anything, man. As long as as long as our kids are getting out there and getting active with Correct. some type of sport, that's, that's going to be a win win for. For everybody, just because there's so many, like we talk about all the time, there's countless life lessons that you learn from, like we said, I don't care what sport it is, just being teamwork and listening to a coach and all that kind of stuff. There's so many things that these kids need well, the, to learn. The memories that you... Mm-hmm, that too. The memories that you create with through sports as a kid, just honestly, being here with you, you went to Phoenix Community College for two years. Yep. I've heard your stories for the last... Two to, two to three days down here, even in your dad's stories oh, yeah. about how much they've enjoyed, you know, oh, I remember going to this place. I remember going to that. That's what, you know, that's, that's what it's kind of all about. Oh, that's a, definitely, definitely what it's all about, man. Memories for days with any sport team that you're ever on. It'll always be something you remember well on into your, well on into your, uh, your forties. Cause you've been telling stories all week too, about your high school days and your college well, sports days I mean, and all that kind okay, of stuff. Okay. So, so you're either, fun. you're either a, um, and we, my, my, my baseball players that played for me, and I always would, you know, say, hey, this is when I played, this is how it was or, or whatever. But what's funny about it is, is we just, those are things that stick with you forever. Yeah, and they should. You know, and, and, you know, our trips over spring break in Ohio, we went to Tennessee. We went to a little college town, small NAIA school, played on their field. We thought it was the coolest thing ever. Stay in the hotel together, oh, yeah. you know those things. Yep. But it's, how it all starts. Yeah, but these kids, they're 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 developing members. Let's do this. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk. Um, so far, we you and I have you've watched some games. You watch some games out here. Who's the best high school baseball player you've seen so far this this spring? Oh, um... like like who is that? Like like if if somebody came to mind, and and and, and you know obviously. I don't know. We've Who's yours? Do you have a guy in mind so, while so, I brainstorm here? Because so, there's a couple guys so, I'm thinking so, of. So I love. I, I didn't realize how good the Olsen kid was at at uh, Pine Creek. Pine Creek, the first baseman pitcher he's going good. to Kentucky. He's really good. Thought he's. I thought he's pretty special. <clears throat> Obviously, I think Riley Egloff is a special, special. I'll make player. Your, let's make it easier on each other. Who's your favorite pitcher? Who's your favorite player? Because it's hard. Because I, I would probably say a pitcher is my favorite guy right now. But favorite pitcher is probably Egloff. Okay. Um, I really liked him. Yeah, he uh, looked really good. He, I think he was able to command three pitches in the game against Arapaho. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I did like about him too is he got in a little bit of trouble early and was able to keep his composure. And and they were getting on him there too. And yeah. he, you know, um, so favorite pitcher is him. Probably favorite player. Um, right now is Otrumba. I, I think Otrumba, Otrumba from from Creek. Um, you can't make a mistake with him. You make a mistake with him, and he is going to pound that baseball. Yeah, so I'm with you. Those are probably my two favorite players I've seen in person. Now I will tell you this: the catcher from Arapaho the other day, Goodman, mm-hmm. Zach Goodman. He might be the best catcher I've seen so far this this spring. Like, yeah, and there's been a lot of good catchers. And we've, we've seen, seen a lot of good catchers, and I really liked him behind the plate. He has improved exponentially over the last year and a half, and I think playing for the Rocky Scout team and doing those things was huge for him in the fall to prepare him. But he looks great behind it. He's going to Webster University, which is a really great D3 school. 
I think he's a, I think he's a D two, a really good D two catcher. Um, but I love, I love Otremba. I love, uh, I really like um, Egloff on the mound. But I also like the kid from Pine Creek, uh, um, who might be your guy. So I'll yeah, let that you. that is my guy actually. Okay. As far as pitchers, Cornelio um, was was really good. Cornelio, when we, yeah, yeah, he was unreal when we saw him. Um, playing against Rock Canyon, just, you know, low 90s guy, was spotting up everything, had a really good slider. So as far as pitching, he's probably the guy that I would take right now. Um, again, just from the teams and games that we've seen, he's by far, I think, one of the top pitchers out there in the state and going to Texas Christian. So definitely a, a good prospect as well. Um, and then my my favorite player that I've at least seen, again, at least seen play in the games that we've watched um, is Schultz from Cherry Creek, their shortstop. Um, Last year during their playoff run, he had, you know, some big hits and some big moments for the Bruins. And then uh, in our first game of the season, Legend had a couple, I think he had two or three hits, a couple knocks, and just kind of a spark plug for the Bruins. In, so in he's, their, he's their shortstop. He's their shortstop. Good defensive player. Um, I think he's hitting two, hitting right in front of Otremba, which is also, yeah. you know, an important part of that lineup, um, just as much for whoever's hitting after Otremba, which is usually Brendan Dorigi who's having a pretty good year himself, the, the catcher for Cherry Creek. Well, yeah, and that was their question mark, too, is yeah. who's going to hit behind Otrumba. We When we talked to uh, uh, Mark. Coach Johnson. Coach Johnson and, and, and uh, um, why did I just go blank? Your, your buddy that you played for and is Coach back. Goldsberry. Coach Goldsberry. I don't know why I just went blank. We just saw him last night. Yeah. Um, Coach Golds, when we talked to him, that was kind of their big question mark was, who's going to throw to Otrumba if nobody's hitting behind him? Yeah. And and Dorigi's done a really, really good job of that, um, taking care of business there, which I I like. But no doubt, uh, you know. All right, now let's 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 do this. One more thing: Who's your dark horse? Like, what team Mm. is your dark horse that you think could end up surprising people? And uh, that's a tough question, man. Um, It's early, but I, I, I think we've seen enough baseball to be able to just say, you know what, I really like this team that nobody really is talking about. Yeah, it's it's very early. I mean, we saw Bear Creek play the other day. I think they when they have one of their better pitchers on the mound, I like the way they're being coached and oh, the way they play the game over there at Bear Creek. So I think once they if they have a guy on the mound who can throw a good game for them, I think they're going to be a dark horse and definitely contend for the Jeffco League title I think yes. this season. Um so that would be I think that would be my dark horse. Okay, so mine it's it's kind of funny. I I thought maybe Chatfield, you know, but I don't think they're going to end up being a dark horse. I think they're going to be an, end up being a favorite. I'm going to say Douglas County. Yeah, yeah. Douglas I've heard County. Some good things about that. Douglas County. They always figure out a way to win. They always figure out a way, and 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 they're they're just. They're, I think they're going to be around in that Sweet 16. They're going to be fighting for that Elite Eight. So that's mine. Cool. Well, uh, we've got uh, a little more coming your way. Not a little bit more, but some fun. Uh, interviews with the Colorado Academy baseball team while we were down here in Arizona. We got to meet up with them at their team hotel and ask Coach Putt and uh, the rest of his staff some cool questions. So when we get back from this break, we'll have uh, Coach JT Putt and the Colorado Academy coaching staff. We'll be right back. All right, I am back here on the Colorado Prep All Access podcast with the Colorado Academy baseball coaching staff and uh, Catalyst Sports administrators, owners, runners, managers, really good guys. Uh, Head coach JT Putt, uh, assistant coaches Rob Herman and Scott Payne here from Colorado Academy. Fellas, thanks for uh, taking some time with me here. We're down in Arizona on their spring break baseball trip. Thanks for joining me. We'll start with you, Coach JT. Um, How's it going so far early in the season? I know we're we're early on, only three games into the spring, but how's it going so far for you and the boys? It's going well so far. We're 3-0 right now. Uh, Just finished up playing... Our third game down here in Arizona, well, third game on the season, first down here in Arizona against a team from New Mexico. Um, got our, our big lefty back, junior kid named Graham Osmond that we think has got a really bright future. He uh, had a little bit of an injury at the tail end of the basketball season, and he threw for us this morning, threw really well, so that was great to see. Um, so it's been it's been great so far, but, you know, still a lot of work left to be done. A lot of uh, things to polish up and clean up, but we uh, think that these these kids, this group has uh, a lot of potential to do some big things. So, cool. excited about it. For the for the listeners who don't know, Colorado Academy is a three A 3A school, a private school. What are some of the um, 
you know, for me, when I came down here and saw you guys and only had, what, 20 kids total in the entire baseball program, um, talk about some of the, the challenges that come along with just not having as many, you know, numbers to pull from and, and build the rosters maybe the way that you would hopefully want to, but what are the kind of the, the struggles with that? Any one of you guys? Well, it's just like when you only have 20 guys, you just kind of have to work with what you have. You know what I mean? It's it's You don't coach the same exact way every year. You don't. You know, you're not a small ball team every year. You're not a power team every year. It's you just kind of have a basic mold and then you customize it off of that, depending on what kind of personnel you have. So, um, you know, we don't have the most interest at Colorado Academy, but we've had some success with lower numbers and it seemed to work out, work out for us. But the numbers that we do have and the guys that we do have are quality guys and a lot of guys that I think are going to go play at the next level. Yeah, I think I think it tends to create a really unique opportunity for a lot of the guys in the program, though, also, because to be honest, they get a much, much higher level of attention from the coaching staff than you would at a bigger program. And, you know, and there's a really strong staff there. There's a lot of a lot of good coaches that put in a lot of time. And I know it's I went to Mullen. I'm a Mullen alum and I didn't play varsity until my senior year. So it's like the contact that I had with the varsity coaching staff was pretty limited, especially in my freshman and sophomore year. And uh, we got freshmen that are coming in all the time that are having full contact with us just nonstop and getting a lot of a lot of attention all the way throughout their career. And, you know, the opportunity to play at the varsity level early on in their career. And it tends to, I think, present a unique opportunity for a lot of the guys that are in the program. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys definitely have some younger guys who are contributing, you know, right out of the gate in their freshman year that we've been seeing down here in Arizona. And you've got a lot of underclassmen. I mean, your pitcher who struck out 12 today in four innings, <laughs> uh, he's, he's a younger junior, and it's, it's pretty crazy to see. So I think it's, like you said, it's – it's a double-edged sword. It's good that you guys have those smaller numbers and you can get some of those younger kids in the program right away and start, you know, giving them high-level reps right out of the gate, which you can't deliver at a lot of other programs throughout the state. So um, I think that's pretty cool. Rob, talk a little bit about just the, the kids coming down here, playing in Arizona, playing against some teams that are, you know, maybe a little bit upper echelon compared to some of the Colorado schools back home. But, you know, just coming down here, playing in the nice warm weather and getting a lot more reps. Talk a little bit about Arizona. Um, yeah, you know, it's always great, uh, especially coming from a cold weather climate. You know, it's we're really fortunate to be able to make this trip. And for our kids also, a lot of it for us is we like to run a, a program that's a lot like a college program. And, you know, for the kids to be able to, it's like really build themselves up and get to know each other really well. And, you know, just the little things between bouncing from hotel room to baseball field to, you know, 12 passenger van, it's that that little stuff it kind of prepares the kids it gives them a little bit of a taste of what it's like in college what it's like in professional baseball and you know for especially for a 3A program for these kids you know it's a very unique experience it's very good for them to get that experience before they you know really get to decide whether or not they're interested in pursuing a future in baseball or if it's just something they want to do for high school but you know it's been it's been really good it's also nice to obviously get out it's snowing in Denver right now I know all the all the high school baseball in Denver this week is probably getting canceled because there's six inches of snow on the field, so we can't complain about 70 degrees and sunny, you know. Red dirt works for us. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really cool um, for the listeners who aren't aware. A lot of these different Colorado high schools come down, um, you know, the last couple of weeks of March for different spring break tournaments down here in Phoenix. There's hundreds of schools from all over the country that come down here. We saw IMG Academy today all the way from Florida at the same field that we are at today. So, um, it's pretty cool that the best of the best all kind of come together um, from all over the nation here for a couple weeks to really kind of play with each other and see what it's all about. So um, really cool that you guys are, are down here and bring these kids down here and give them the experience that, that Rob was talking about. So I think that's awesome what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, JT, talk a little bit about just, you know, the road ahead for you guys. I know the season is, is short in Colorado high school baseball, only 19 games and you're already three in. So talk a little bit about the, uh, your expectations the rest of the way and hopefully making a little bit of a playoff run. Yeah. I mean, getting ready to start league play here shortly after we sort of get through the early season non-conference schedule. And, you know, one of our goals is to make a run at a conference title, which we haven't done since we've been there and have definitely have the horses and the, the squad to make a run at that so um you know we tr we're big believers in sort of setting incremental goals and 
not worrying too much about the big big picture, but just doing everything right on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so we try to just compartmentalize stuff the best we can and just sort of take it step by step, phase by phase. Um, so really right now it's just about taking care of business tomorrow, you know, and then closing out this trip well and getting back, getting back home and just keep building on every little piece of it, keep implementing all the different things that we know come into play, especially when you get into the playoffs into more high stress environments, right? Tighter games, things like that. So, um, just staying with the process and doing things day by day correctly. And then, you know, at the end of the end of the road, hopefully it all adds up to put you in a position to have success. So. Cool. Cool. Well, um, let's shift gears just a little bit. I know you guys are, uh, heavily involved, pretty much run Catalyst Sports, um, which is kind of in the golden area, more or less, is that the fair way to put it, I guess you would say. So, um, you know, with, with all the different, you know, emphasis on performance and off-season training and all that kind of stuff, what is your guys' approach at Catalyst Sports with, I guess, let's kind of keep it specific with baseball players, but what's kind of your guys' approach overall with fitness, in-season, off-season, really the whole 360-degree view of it, I guess you could say. Scott, what do you think? Well, it's like... You know our our best players every year are guys that are guys that train all year long and um it's starting to become necessary it's like we don't discourage anybody from being multiple sport athletes but we need we definitely encourage all of our kids to make sure they get in the weight room make sure that they're still working um you know on their skills you know it's like we talk about graham today who struck out 12 in four innings he was waking up at 6 a.m multiple times a week to come in and throw while he was playing basketball so um, it's kind of a more of a no excuses type of a thing. It's like get your work done if you want to compete with kids that uh, are being given the spots at the highest level. So uh, you have to be strong. You have to be an adult. You know, you have to have an adult's body if you want to play at the next level. And um, that's what we're trying to do over at Catalyst. That's awesome. And Rob, I know you work with uh, a lot of the catchers. You were a catcher yourself. Um, tons of work goes into that craft. Uh, year round so what kind of I mean does that type of training are you guys pretty specific with positions or is it kind of sports specific what is your approach on on how you guys are actually training these guys uh yeah we do a little bit of a mix of everything um we do do a just a a general winter academy so our winter academy is mainly based on hitting um this this winter we did uh, a lot of uh kind of baseball specific lifting also which is really good it's like JT does a really good job with you know, all the programming and keeping the kids honest with it. And I think uh, that program this year, there's a lot of kids saw some really good results and, you know, just for them to, to really get in the weight room. And once again, like we said, you know, we're trying to get them into the culture that is all around baseball, especially in college. And, you know, as, as yourself, you're a college baseball player, you know, it's like you, you get to college, you're in the weight room and you're doing 6am lifts and, you know, you're working hard on the field and off the field. So that's, really important for us. Um, we also do a couple position, position specific, uh, academies. We had a catching and pitching academy this winter, which, um, our, our catcher here at Colorado Academy, Ari Fierre, he's worked really hard for us. And, you know, this year, normally he was a basketball player this year. He decided for the first time that he was going to just focus on baseball. And, you know, it's the same thing. We don't discourage kids from it, but Ari's made really big strides and, you know, I think this winter is really going to pay off for him. We're already seeing the results from it, and I see him being one of the top catchers in Colorado this year, not just in 3A, but through through the whole whole competition level. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. After seeing him just play in these couple days, you can tell that uh, whatever off season work he has been doing has definitely been paying off. Switching and catcher, and you know, I was talking to him yesterday um, a little bit at practice and just saying, man, you got the golden ticket right now. Switching and catcher just take care of business on the field. And I mean, that's, it's really cool to see that it's helped a lot um, for him, what you guys are doing in the winter. So kudos to you guys there for, for doing that kind of stuff. But um, JT, I know you've been over there for quite some time. You guys do um, a lot of stuff, you know, not just for high school athletes, but for, you know, adult fitness and all that kind of stuff. Run everyone through who's not aware of, of go cat or not go catalyst sports, but that is your Instagram handle. So check them out there. Uh, but kind of run everyone through what, what kind of different programs you guys offer at Catalyst Sports. Give yourselves a little plug. Uh, yeah, we do, some, we do some group fitness classes as well, uh, stuff in the mornings um, and evenings, more of a general fitness boot camp type of a setup, sort of something for, for the whole family. Um, so that's just an additional 
piece of everything, uh, not nearly as sports specific or, or much of a baseball thing. But then we also do some sports specific strength training programs, primarily aimed at baseball, right? All that type of stuff, sort of what Rob was touching on. And then all the private lessons and group lessons and the academies that Rob sort of touched on and um, all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's, but certainly a lot of different position specific stuff with the private lessons as well, right? Uh, Scott, it's incredible what I've seen him be able to do with infielders. I, I was an outfielder really growing up, so didn't know the the art of the infield quite quite as well when I first started coaching. And what he's brought to both Catalyst and CA in that realm has been a huge, huge difference maker, a big separator. And then same thing with Rob behind the dish. It's been incredible what he's been able to do. I mean, Ari, Scott turned him into an amazing infielder as a freshman. And he was probably our best infielder. And then last year we had to put him behind the dish because was, that was where, you know, it fit. And uh, what Rob was able to do with Ari shooting this short year and a half, two years, sort of transforming him as a catcher has been absolutely mind-boggling and impressive. And it's it's so cool to see that progression. And what both these guys are able to do with the position-specific stuff is pretty special. So. Yeah, I would say so, man. If you've only had him, you know, catch him for a year and a half, that's crazy to see what you guys could do for with someone for a couple of years. So that's awesome. Where can you guys get? Uh, where can people go and find you online and all that good stuff? GoCatalystSports.com. So, cool. At GoCatalystSports on Instagram. I don't know where the go came from, but it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. It's probably because Catalyst Sports was taken or something. God knows it what. Was, but um, but a, a fun question I've been asking all my. Um, you know, baseball friends or coaches that I've had on the podcast is just how the recruiting landscape, exposure, scouting, really the whole nine has changed in Colorado specifically because I know every guy in this room, I know you're an East Coast guy, but all of the Colorado guys or Wyoming guys kind of really flew under the radar um, for most of the time. And it was really rare that you heard of a Colorado guy going to a big school as a position player. I mean, you would hear about a big arm every once in a while going to a big school from Colorado. But in your guys' opinion, I want to hear from all of you on this one, what do you think is really one of the big reasons it's changed? You hear kids every day going to Kentucky and Texas Christian and blah, 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 all these upper echelon programs. What do you think has kind of been the biggest change in that? Well, I think a lot of it is a lot of the coaches in Colorado have gotten a lot better connections. Um, <clears throat> you know, whether it be uh, Scott Bullock up at Rocky Mountain or um, Johnson at Cherry Creek, it's like the connections are getting so strong now that there's a lot more trust with the uh, bigger programs throughout the country and because they're just, you know, producing play or year after year they're producing pl- good quality players, right? right. And um, in addition to that, it's like the internet, right? It's like the internet is getting crazy. They have the field level, which is basically uh, the Facebook of recruiting um, they have their own Instagram accounts, the way that they can upload video of their games, you know, just the video footage is so clear now and so much better than it used to be. Yeah. Um, it's a big business making recruiting tapes and whatnot. So there's a lot more recruiting companies in addition to all that. So, um, I think it's just, it's further along. It's a lot more advanced than when we were playing and, uh, it's, it's good. It's a great thing for Colorado kids, to be honest. So Yeah, absolutely. It's all good, Rob. I mean, from, from an East Coast, I mean, kind of in a similar situation, maybe a little bit in a smaller town in the East Coast, what is, you know, coming here from an outsider's perspective and seeing some of these players go to some of these big schools, what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, recruiting landscape? Uh, yeah, it is a, a little bit of a different thing. You know, I'm from upstate New York, and obviously we're a cold-weather climate also, so it's it's tough. You know, a lot of schools don't do a whole lot of recruiting in those areas, and I know Colorado was like that for a long time, but like like Scott mentioned, I think accessibility is a lot of it. You know, the the ability for a kid to throw together a little highlight reel and, you know, he can blast it out to basically every school in the country if he can get access to them. You know, that just makes it a, a big thing. We do a lot of recruiting videos for our guys. Um, and, you know, it's it's helped us a lot. It's helped us really get kids out there. And for coaches, you know, if you – if you get a video of a kid, it's one thing to see some stats on paper, but if you get a video of a kid and, you know, it's it's good-looking footage and it's a kid that looks like he knows what he's doing, it's hard to really deny it. Um, it's, it's definitely a little bit tough still, but, you know, those big schools, I think, like Scott also mentioned, is just, just the trust, trust issue. You know, you kind of get that buddy ball effect where yeah. – 
you know, it's once you've established a good relationship, it's like we have a pretty good relationship with some of these Arizona teams and, you know, we've had a lot of luck. Once you send them a guy that, that you like and they, you know, build up a little bit of trust with you, then they're more willing to take your take your opinion on another guy. And, you know, the more the more players we can send to one program also works well. It's like we use, uh, you know, where you went at PC, it's like Phoenix College, we've got five guys there right now, I believe. Um yeah that are all doing a good job for them. And, you know, they were all guys that, that did really well in our program. Uh, it's a big pile of Bear Creek guys, actually. And same thing, that coach, we sent sent one guy down there. Christian Stone was a really good shortstop for us. He was a hell of an athlete. And, you know, they saw saw how he could play. They saw it, and they really liked what they saw. And, you know, it was a lot easier for them to take our opinion on another kid after that. So, you know, that that works really well, that relationship and, you know, kind of building some good clout with our teams works really well for us. So, Yeah, I agree. I, from what I've heard from some of the other coaches and, and players that we've talked to a little bit is is the point that you kind of touched on is it took a couple, you know, maybe guys our age or a little bit after us to actually perform at one of these big schools to establish the credibility, I guess you could say, to where now it's not just one or two coaches in Colorado that have some clout with some recruiters. It's, it's getting a lot wider spread. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Do you, do you have anything to add on, yeah, on no, how I the think, exposure's changed? No, I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I think there's certainly an element of uh, that proof, if you will, a couple guys going and, and actually doing it. And then that sort of leading other guys to think like, all right, there actually is some talent in Colorado, right? I think there always seemed to be, especially right when the Rockies came here and there was so much publicity around the altitude piece of it. It's like you always wanted arms from Colorado, but bats from Colorado, their numbers were crazy inflated kind of a thing, right? And um, now you've seen some guys sort of go and uh, prove it, right? After having grown up playing in Colorado, gone and done some big things. And so maybe they don't think that the stats are quite as inflated or off the wall or they have a good algorithm to plug it into to regulate it. You know, I'm not yeah. sure, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think all those things play a role in it. And I think it's huge how much easier it is to remotely recruit, right. Yeah. Having, you know, it's just, you can be an sec school and get a lot of really quality information on a guy because of the fact that a iPhone can take 4k video now. Right. So things like that, those little technological advances, I think play more of a role in it than, and everyone realizes at times. So. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree for sure. Well, um, definitely uh, good luck to you guys, both with obviously what you guys are doing over at Catalyst Sports and, of course, on the, the remainder of the season with uh, Colorado Academy. So for you listeners out there, if you're around the Denver metro area throughout the week, uh, check out CA's uh, schedule. Go out there and check them out, and hopefully we'll, we'll see them come state playoff time. And uh, just appreciate you guys taking a couple minutes down here while we're in Arizona, taking a break from the action, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks, man. All right, we're back here on the CO Prep Sports All Access podcast. That was an awesome interview with uh, Coach JT Putt and Scott Payne and Rob Herman, the uh, the great staff over at Colorado Academy and our friends at uh, Catalyst Sports. Uh, so definitely look them up on social media. Get out to Colorado Academy to watch some of their games, but uh, hit them up. Great Instagram account. They always post really cool training ideas and, and fun stuff. So it's at Go Catalyst Sports if you want to check them out on social media. Yeah, and JT is one of the great guys in baseball oh, right now. he's awesome. One of the young, fresh uh, faces. I know that he thought for a second about the Mullen baseball job because he's a graduate from there. Um, I believe, if my information is correct, he was offered the job, thought he wanted it, but then he went back and, and really thought about what he's building at Colorado Academy, which is what I love about him because, you know, it would have been easy for him to leave and go to that oh, one yeah. job, but he chose to stay at that Colorado Academy and, and build that into a program that... Um, they can be really proud of. And, yeah. and I, I think he kind of felt like it wasn't quite finished. No, yeah, we, t- we talked about that last week, and, and you were right. The The job was was there if he wanted it, and he was a, a Mullen alumni, so we battled about that. Is. I, yeah, he is <laughs> a Mullen alumni, and we argued about that just because I'm a Cherry Creek guy. But um, it was. You know, the, he's literally turned that program 
way around. When I said the Colorado Academy is a lacrosse school, it is a lacrosse school, big time. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's done a great job just to get kids out there and into the baseball program. They've only got 21 kids total in their entire baseball program. So to, to give you an example of that, Cherry Creek varsity team has 24 kids on the roster and they have a JV team, a sophomore team and two freshman teams at Cherry Creek. So coach Putt is uh, definitely building a program, you know, with limited numbers. And I think that him and his staff have gotten some pride, you know, behind that. And, you know, it's, it's starting to pay off. They got third, you know, they got third last year in three a for a school that hadn't really been in the playoffs until the year before. So last year was their best record in program history. So like I said, one of the good guys in baseball and one of the young fresh faces of baseball that will help continue to grow um, a program, but more importantly, just continue to help kids in Colorado through Catalyst, yeah. through through those things. And, and, and I remember when he played high school ball. So It's so crazy. Me too. Re- really proud of him and what he's accomplished over there. And, and uh, you know, like I said, JT, you can't say enough good things about, about such a great guy. No, he's the man for sure. But – um, as we're recording this podcast, it is opening day for Major League Baseball, which is the national holiday for a lot of people, including me and Scott. I know yeah. that. So yeah. um, opening day, it's funny. We've been down here in Arizona and just saw a, like one of the last spring training games, and then, bam, we turn on the TV this morning, and they're already playing uh, the first game of the season. It's the Cubs and the Marlins. We're literally watching it on TV as we speak. We got to, we got to watch um, Kyle Freeland. Last night, yep. We, we it was really cool because it was their last. It was their last night of you know of spring training for the for the triple A, double A, yeah. single A group for yep. the minor league guys. And on one field you had the triple A guys. On another field you had the double A guys. On another field you had the single yeah. single A guys. And so we were sitting there watching and walking around, and <clears throat> we saw, uh, like I said. We saw Kyle, Kyle, or Kyle Freeland, Ramiel Tapia. Tapia was playing center. A lot um, of big league guys. Tom Murphy, Murphy was, was behind Murphy the plate. was behind the plate. And then you walk over to Double A and you see the first round draft pick, Brandon Rogers. Brandon Rogers playing second base. Who looked really who looked good. Really good. It's crazy. He's going to be up there pretty soon. But for for folks who haven't been to a spring training like the backfields facility, yes. uh, the way that all these spring training complexes are set up down here is you got your big uh, big league stadium. Um, you know, where the big league games happen and all that kind of stuff. But then on the backfields, you know, most of these spring training complex have eight to nine different yeah. fields and diamonds. Um, so like Scott was saying, last night was kind of the last night before all the double-A, single-A, triple-A guys break camp as well and go to their respective home ballparks. Well, yeah, and, and get what, some action in. what was really cool is um, Max George was over on the single-A. They're sending him to high-A ball, the Regis graduate. Um, so we saw a lot of, lot, of, lot of really cool things. And then... One of the cool things for me was to, was seeing Chris Forbes, yep. who uh, is the director of player development for the Rockies, former UNC coach, recruited you. Yep, he was my first coach at UNC, actually. Pretty crazy. And, and that, that was really cool. One of the things I learned about uh, you know, last night was, was that the Rockies spent no money on, talking, on, on Salt River Fields. Yeah, that was crazy to hear about. Yeah, so the, the, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, they... <clears throat> They share Salt River Fields, and it's on an Indian reservation. You're on Indian reservation land. And they literally, the, the Indian reservation built that whole thing to the specs of the Diamondbacks and Rockies, yep. and it didn't cost them a dime. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's probably the nicest minor league faci- or oh, yeah. spring training facility That's out here. Not even a question. It's by far the best. Yeah, and another cool thing we got to see last night was Jake. Yep. Jake, o- <clears throat> excuse me, Jake Opitz, was, uh, he is the head coach of the Grand Junction Rockies. He'll be at spring training or in Arizona till June yep. when they do their draft, and, and then he gets all the, the new guys. And, yep. and to hear Chris Forbes talk about how impressed they are with Jake and his knowledge of the game, his ability to relate to players, and all those things was really cool also. Yeah, no, it was a really cool night for sure. So to, uh, to wrap up the show, we're going to do a little predictions on uh, the Major League Baseball season that's ahead, kind of break down some of our favorite divisions um, and, and give our predictions. So we'll start with our hometown division, the NL West, uh, which is arguably one of the better divisions, again, in baseball this season with all the offseason moves that the Giants did. The, you know, the Dodgers are just always going to be there now with the team that they have and Kershaw. Uh, the Padres even made some moves, and they're young. They've got some really good 
opportunities. The Diamondbacks are just as good as last year. They were, you know, they won the um, wild card with the Rockies as well. So another yeah. really good team. And then of course our our Rockies that um, I just mentioned. So it's kind of a toss up for the NL West. I think there's a couple teams that could. <laughs> obviously, based on last year's results, there was three teams from our division that made the playoffs. So, uh, who's your your favorite in that division, Scott? Well, my, my I want the Rockies to win. Obviously, I'm a hometown guy. I want them to win, but I honestly think the Dodgers are going to win the division again. I just I just feel like that's the <clears throat> that's a team right now that ha- has all the right pieces. Obviously, they had a couple injuries early with their third baseman got uh, you know broke his wrist and, and is out for a little while, but um, you know, Bob Gartner just broke his wrist with the Giants. Mm. So hopefully the, the Rockies can get a little bit of a, a lead, you know, early on. I, 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 think, that, I think the Dodgers are going to win, but I could see the Rockies winning the division. I do believe the Rockies will make the playoffs again. That'd be cool. I believe that. So what do you think? Um, I, I hate to say that. I think I'm, I'm with you with the Dodgers will probably be the division winner, but you never know. I mean, they did play like in a historic <coughs> season last year and really got out in front and almost kind of gave it away to the Diamondbacks towards the end of the season when they hit a, a bad streak. So yeah. I'll put it this way. I don't think the Dodgers are going to win, you know, 20 of 22 again, like they did last year or whatever it was that really got them out front. So I think it's going to be a th- shoot, man. It's so hard to say. Arizona is good again. They did lose J.D. Martinez, who I know had a lot to do with their yes. second half success last year. So I'm going to hometown it and just say the Rockies are going to okay. you know, finally win their first ever National League West division. They've been to the playoffs a few times. Obviously, they went to the World Series in 07, but they still have never won their own division. And we're going there tonight. Yeah, we're going we're to the home tonight, op- so We're not going to our home opener, but no. we're in Arizona. We're going You're to the- going to the home opener. Though. I'll be going to the home opener next week in uh, in Colorado as well, but we're also going to the home opener tonight. I would tonight love here to be going Chase to the Field. home opener, but I just cannot miss another day of work. It's a crazy party down there, yeah. that's for sure. So NL West, I'm going Rockies. Um, let's move over to Let's go to the Central. NL Central. Uh, <clears throat> so you got the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, Pirates, and the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think they should have made it last year. I think they, they kind of blew it toward, you know, coming down. They did a little um, bit. But I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I, I, I can tell you this. I'm, I love the fact that the Cubs won the World Series a couple of years ago. But I'm, I, I can't stand all the bandwagon Cubs people that have be- oh, man. come well, out that's, of the woodwork. That's just the Cubs in general. They, always, yeah. that's, they are bandwagon fans. <laughs> yeah. so they were so bad for so long. But they have a good squad again, and I, and I agree with you. I'm going with the Cardinals, too, because geez. they were right and, there. And, hey, just so you know, we didn't talk about this at no, all. No, no, no. But I'm just – I. I'm a believer in um, you know organizations run run the right way, and the Cardinals are just hey, Matheny is ridiculous. They're a great baseball yeah. organization. They were right there last year, and then they went and argue, I think they got probably the best offensive player in the free agent market, other than Stanton last year in Marcelo Zuna, who rakes. And that was really one of the problems they had last year uh, was you know the stuff on the offensive side. So I think he's going to help. Um, I think Chicago is going to start getting when you play that deep into the the playoffs back-to-back seasons, it's it's just a grind mentally. Yeah. It's a grind on a lot of these pitchers' arms that, you know, they're not going to say they're they're tired or anything, but it's just a little bit – stuff is a little bit different as they start to get into the later months of this upcoming season. So I would go Cardinals. Uh, you know, the Pirates completely unloaded their squad. I don't really expect too much from them, but I think if there's a sleeper in the uh, the Central – um, it would be the Brewers. They they turned some heads last year and almost made the playoffs, did Milwaukee. I know they are right there until the last day with the Rockies. Um, and the Brewers got um, Lorenzo Cain from Kansas City. Um, they also got Christian Yelich from, Milwaukee, or from the Marlins. So yeah. they added two really good outfielders. And they already had a good young pitching staff. So I would not be surprised at all if Milwaukee And I think Milwaukee had heads. one of the best records in spring training, which never translates anything, but – it's something to look at. They're they're playing the games to win. Yep. Um, you know, and, and and so I think I think you're right. I think Milwaukee will be right there too. Yep. Uh, National League East, where I I actually think it's the National League worst. It is not a great division. You've got Atlanta, Miami, the Mets, Philadelphia, and Washington. If Washington doesn't run away with this division, yeah, something's wrong. Now Philadelphia is very young and inexperienced, but they got a lot of talent. Um, the Mets pitching staff is always pretty daggone good. Yep. Um, Miami has, you know, fire sailed their whole organization. Um, the Braves, where our former manager of the Rockies, Walt Weiss, has landed as an, a, basically a, a bench coach for them. Uh, 
they're young and and still rebuilding from, you know, for the last five years or so they've been yeah. rebuilding. But um, I'm going to go with Washington in that division and and uh, believe Washington should run away with it. I'm going with the Mets, and the only reason if the Mets pitching staff stays healthy, and I know they haven't really been able to do that, but when they did all stay healthy, they made the World Series a couple years ago. Yeah. They, I mean, you've got Harvey, Syndergaard, um, Degrom. We uh, uh, Zach Wheeler. I mean, you've got these guys that are all just aces on any other team, but their problem the last few years has been injuries. So they've never been able to healthy, stay healthy. If you can keep them healthy, though, like I said, they were all healthy when they went to the World Series three years ago. Yeah. Um. So, but that's hard to do. That's hard to do in a major league season. So I, I'm going to go with them. You know, health basis, uh, which I know you really can't throw into a mix or a prediction, but that's where I'm going there. So we've got you've got the the Mets, the Cardinals. And the Rockies. Yep. I have Washington, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers. Which I hate the Dodgers, but I just can't. I know. I know. I can't go against them. So let's go over. We'll go American League West, which I think <clears throat> may be the best division. Other, Well, American League East is always good. But yeah. this might be the most talented division of baseball out there when you talk Houston the Angels, who we got to see some of their AAA guys last mm-hmm. night. Oakland, Seattle, and Texas. And I'm going to tell you right now, obviously everybody's going with Houston. Everybody. I think Seattle could be a very, very, very quiet. Uh, yeah. They were close last year. I think they, they were out by three and a half games towards yeah. the end, but yeah. we're right there. Yep. Um, but I, I am going with Houston to win the division. you got to go with Houston. Yeah. They, they got even better um, yeah. with who they added. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the Pittsburgh um, pitcher, who was their number one for a long time, the, the young gun, what's his name? It's this, uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah. They added to an already really good you know, pitching staff with Verlander um, and Dallas Keuchel. So I, I'm going Houston. I, I agree with you. I think Seattle got better, but I just don't think – there's anyone in that division who's better than Houston on paper. Um, I don't think there's going to be a, a whole lot of drop-off from fatigue or anything with Houston because they're a super young team. So they're, they're, they're young, they're athletic, they're ready to bounce back, I think. Um, so I'm going Houston AL West. No, no surprise there. <clears throat> American League Central. Cleveland, Chicago, White Sox that is, Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota. Cleveland, we can move on. Really, you don't think Minnesota's there? I do. I think they, obviously they had a good year last year, but I think there's some other teams in the American League, like you said, Seattle maybe, oh. that could push those Twins out. I, last year the Twins made the playoffs, don't yeah. get me wrong, but there wasn't a race like there was in the National League um, with a lot of good teams racing for that wild card. I think the Rockies ended up winning 92 games yeah. um, and were the, barely got the second wild card spot. The Twins clinched the second wild card spot with about a week left in the season and won like 84, 85 games. So I think it's a little bit different there. Yeah, you're probably right. Cleveland? I think Cleveland's <clears throat> just a great team. They're coached really well. I love yeah. love that manager uh, yeah. for sure. So I think Cleveland's your guy. Okay. Then you get to the American League East, which is just – an absolute bear. It's nuts. <laughs> you got Baltimore, Boston, the Yankees, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. You could pretty much take Tampa Bay out of that. Let's. I mean, that seriously. happens. But yeah, but sometimes like they you come take out Tampa Bay know. out. Never know. Um, you're yeah. right. You never know. But still. But I'm with you. <clears throat> Baltimore, great pitching staff. Um, I love Buck Showalter. Yeah. Um, I hope Gosman has a, a, a tremendous year for oh, yeah, them for sure. Um, Boston, I hate with a passion, but. They got better. Yep. JD they did. JD Martinez, they right? Yeah. I mean And they've got some good young players that's endeavors. A huge signing though. Yeah. Um The Yankees. Obviously, we are all just sitting on pins and needles waiting to see it's Judge fun Judge to watch. Judge and uh Stanton. Stanton back to back. We did hear bad news with our guy. Greg Bird from Grandview, who is going through another surgery. That's a bummer because I really think this was going to be a huge year for him. Well, he's out four to six weeks. It still can he'll, be. A he'll huge be back, year. but he's had so many injuries over the last two years. It's been really tough. And I, you know, how long does a team do teams stick with those guys yeah, that know. are injured and it's can't hard. seem to get healthy? And and Greg is a just a tremendous young man and. I know and they like him a lot. They That's love him. Darn sure. And, and, you know, I, I remember last year during the playoffs, A-Rod saying that he thinks Greg Bird is 
the future of the Yankees and probably going to be their best hitter in five or six years down the line. Well, he's a pure hitter. Yeah. He's not uh, Stanton and, yeah. and Judge who hit tons of homers. He is a pure hitter. He can hit for power. He hits balls in the gaps. He does great things. Tampa Bay, throw them out. And then Toronto, who I think is always going to you know be there. I found something, and, and I'm going to go with the Yankees. Yeah, so that's I'm going. Me. I'm going with the Yankees. I think it's just between the Yankees and the Red Sox, a prototypical yeah baseball in the East Coast year. So I found something interesting on it was on Facebook yesterday. Did you know the Yankees are not a top five payroll any longer? I saw that too. Yeah, yeah they the went a- younger a couple of years ago. You got to remember, judges yeah, making yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, so the the Angels were up there. The Mets were up there. Um. Who else? Toronto was up there. I mean, they were, there was the a Dodgers. lot of teams in front of it. Dodgers were up there. Yeah. There were a lot of teams in front of them as far as payroll. And remember, everybody used to say, oh, the Yankees buy their championships. They, you know, they bought 27, 28 championships, whatever it is now. And I'm like, not really. No. They had they built those teams that won all those World Series with Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada. But and they went, they'd go out and, and get that one. Like they got Rodriguez and yeah, of gave course. him. Oh, of course. You know, they always did that. Back in the day, it was in the 70s, it was Reggie Jackson they yeah. went and got. So, um, you know, people always said that. But it, it's fun. It's, it, it's cool to see all these other teams' payrolls higher than theirs. Yeah. No, I like that for sure. So let's let's race through the, uh, the last couple here. We're getting a little short on time. So I'm going Yankees, obviously. That's it. Um, for all the divisions? Yeah, we, wow. we finished. That is true. There are six divisions. Who's going to win the World Series? <clears throat> it's very early, but who's going to win it? If I were to go to Vegas right now and put money down on a team. That's what I'm asking you. Houston. Really? Back to back. I like it, too. I hate that. I hate that you like it, too. But I, after watching them play last year, I'm just like, dang, man, everyone's good. Their pitching staff is good. They play a really good, energized brand of baseball. Um, so if I were to put anyone, it would be the Colorado Rockies winning the World Series just to shock the world. And I'd, be, I'd make the most money. Oh, you would definitely make the most money, but you're such a – you drive me nuts with that. I go to – Hey, if you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But just stop for a second and be a real I am. analyst. They're good. They, they are, are good, good, but they – Did anyone and, think Cleveland was going to make the World Series two years ago? No. Nobody thought Houston was going to win it last year exactly. either. Exactly. So. That's how it is. <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right. You know what? I won't say that. Yeah. I, I would love to see the Rockies win a World oh, Series. Oh, God. I man. think our town we would need it. absolutely go crazy. We absolutely need it. So that's going to do it, guys. It's been a, a fun uh, couple weeks down here in Arizona. We've been doing a lot of TV show stuff for the Colorado Prep Spotlight. Had a couple podcast stuff going on down here. So it's been a great couple of weeks down here with you, Scott. Um, we're, we've got a couple more shoots here for the TV show that we've got to go wrap up this afternoon. And then we're packing up the car and heading back home to uh, a snowy Denver, Colorado, yeah, but, looking, but looking forward to next week. Monday will be on, uh, Monday. We've got Rocky mountain, Cherry Creek on the stream, right? You can't get a better stream than that. That's on prep TV, right? Can't wait to do that game. And then we've got a whole list of great games for the stream in the spring. And then, you know, I, I just, it, before we know it, we're going to be at, all city stadium watching a uh, state championship game no doubt so uh for scott horman this is phil santucci thanks for tuning in to the colorado prep all access we will uh talk to you guys next week and as always hit us up on social media with any uh fun topics you want us to discuss or any cool players you want us to mention on the show and it's at co prep all access on facebook twitter snapchat all the fun stuff so hit us up there and we will talk to you guys next week see ya have a good one